0: So, today with us, we have Hayden Howe, the writer for Golgotha. Uh, Hayden, can you give us a quick background on yourself and your work?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, As you said, I'm Hayden Howe. I'm a Nebraska native, um, and I grew up in a kind of a small town out out here in the Midwest. Uh, By the standards, it was big enough, but uh, anywhere else might look at it as small town life. but for me, movies were always kind of thing to make my world bigger. Um, I loved the experience of going to the movies and seeing something that I could otherwise never see. Um, and that kind of experience was so impactful to me. I loved the experience so much that I started to want to tell my own stories. And that led me to becoming a student at the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln out here in Nebraska. Um, And it was there that I kind of found my niche in storytelling.
0: So can you give us a brief breakdown or overview of your script and the characters featured in it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So Golgotha is the story of Jada. Um, She's an introvert who enjoys collecting oddities and anything sort of macabre uh, you know, taxidermy, um, mounts, uh, bones, weird posters, anything that would kind of look like it was straight out of a Victorian era lab lab or something. Um, but on one of her sort of uh, hunts, she comes across an ominous shrine in the middle of the forest and she essentially desecrates it when she takes the centerpiece for her collection. And after that, she begins to experience these vivid night terrors, which leads her to the care of Dr. Krentz, who is a psychotherapist who attempts to help Jada only to realize that there might be more to these these experiences than what she first thought.
0: So next question I have is, what inspired you to write this piece or where did you draw inspiration from for the story?
1: yeah um so the idea of night terrors that sort of thing it's just a frightening concept to me and some of the stories you you hear people tell of their own experiences with that are just super unsettling and you know a lot of it can be explained um through medical reasons or environmental or mental um situations um but the whole driving question behind this particular story was, what if they couldn't be explained away? What if there was more to it than just a, essentially a very bad dream that you couldn't wake up from?
0: Uh, next question was, what's your familiarity with this genre and why'd you choose it to tell the story?
1: Uh, well, you, you worked on uh, Strings Attached um, mm-hmm. with the casting. So you know that I've always worked or always enjoyed working in the horror and thriller areas. Uh, I mean, there's just something about them that kind of taps into that reptilian hindbrain we have. Um, It's just that all those feelings, the idea that something might be lurking just past your field of vision and we're helpless to stop it. It's, It's such a scary idea, but it's the reaction to that idea that I've always loved You know, when you feel your heart start to beat faster and faster, your breath comes quicker and it's more shallow and your muscles start to tense as you're kind of prepping for that fight or flight response. And you feel that sort of pressure building up behind your eyes there. All of that is just a natural fear response, but it makes you feel alive because you're more aware of all of those physical um, processes, those physical processes um, and your environment that you're in, you're, you're, thinking about what might be around you. And I think if you can make an audience feel that way, then you're doing something right with your story. And it became a goal of mine to make that happen with the writing that I did, at least within these genres that I've been working in, um, you know, most of my work up to this point, up to HCNF has been dealing with the extraordinary and the supernatural because I always felt that filmmaking is really one of the only mediums where an audience can experience such things visually. And because of that, I always wanted to take advantage of it. I didn't wanna just make a story about normal people experiencing normal stuff. I just felt so limited when you can do so much more with the magic of filmmaking.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think you do it so well too. Like, I feel like horror and like thriller genres are kind of difficult to write and like explain, I guess, like putting characters into that world and then having it make sense to other people to like have them kind of involved and interested in that world. And I think you do it so well. And you do it like, because you were writing shorts too, like, usually 15 to 20 pages. Um, I just think you do that like so well in such a short amount of time tell great stories. So congrats again on that.
1: Appreciate
0: it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, All right, cool. So any tips for actors on how to nail their auditions for a role or what you hope to see in auditions?
1: Well, I'm always wanting to see something that surprises me. I mean, you know, we spend a long time, right, coming up with these ideas and then writing them and then revising them. And we kind of think, you know, we've got to down to a science of what we're expecting to see. Um, but I think some of the best auditions are the ones that do something that I, or make me think, why the hell didn't I write it that way? Why the hell didn't I think of that? Um, so, I, so I, you know, that's something that I always appreciate is when I'm surprised in an audition. Um, but just kind of some specifics about the characters Um, If it's any help, Jada, she's kind of the center of the story. Um, She's, uh, her experiences are what get it in motion. Um, And she has several, several scenes throughout where she is experiencing those feelings of fear that I mentioned. um, You know, with the the, the heartbeat, all of that stuff, the hyperventilating. Um, but the whole thing is in these scenarios, she's kind of helpless to escape it. Um, so there's sort of, a, there's a lot of vulnerability to her character. Even when she's in a safe environment with Dr. Krentz, she is suffering from lack of sleep, PTSD, and all of that is leading her to have a hard time expressing herself to the one person who can help her in this instance. And that's before we even get into her sort of more introverted nature. So she is a character that has to be vulnerable, but she isn't exactly comfortable with that idea. She spends her time surrounded by frightening oddities and all that stuff. But now she is experiencing something where she needs help in order to overcome it. And given the circumstances from both the trauma and who she is, it's hard for her. Um, And then you have Krentz, who is extremely professional. Um, She has never experienced a case that she couldn't help. But when Jada comes to her with this outlandish and somewhat unsettling story, She second guesses herself. Um, But it is ultimately Jada who um, convinces Krenz that she needs to stick it out and help her as best as she can. Um, So she agrees to help find a solution or attempt to, but she isn't exactly sure how to. So you kind of have this sort of um, contradictory force in her life that kind of challenging everything she's done up to that point, how she's handled cases. And that's kind of like what I pictured when I was writing it is how Jada comes into this, this sort of um, knowledgeable environment and just sort of uproots um, everything Krentz thought she knew and how Krentz deals with that.
0: Yeah, I definitely see that a lot too in the characters. And I think it just like helps provoke like the storyline a little bit too, like the the kind of like horror aspects of it that like Jada's in this whole world and like no one really believes what's happening to her because it's all analytical and like um just based on like practicality, I guess. More mm-hmm. so. So just like the whole thing that's happening and then how you wrap it up in the end, I won't give it away. But uh I really like that it kind of comes full circle <laughs> in that. Yeah, yeah. OK, last question I had for you. Will you read an excerpt from one of the character mm-hmm. sides and explain the significance of the line and delivery?
1: So perhaps on page 11, Dr. Krentz, that's sort of about a quarter of the way down the page um, mm-hmm. when she tries to refer Jada to a different doctor. So um, this sort of interaction uh, with Dr. Krentz and Jada, I believe you've been through a lot these past few weeks, and I believe it took courage to tell a stranger about it, but now I need you to listen to that same stranger. I am woefully unprepared to help with something like this. Sleep paralysis and night terrors aren't my area. Jada, what are you, this was real. Dr. Krenz, then I'm even less qualified to help you. I can refer you to two or three. Great, Jada. No, no, please. I don't want to tell anyone else, please. Dr. Krenz, Jada, Jada, I can't. Um that whole interaction is essentially Krenz trying to pass the buck. Um, because like I said, Jada has come into her world and shaken things up and made her question how to go about helping a patient which is something she's very rarely if ever needed to consider so she's attempting to get out of it partially because partially because of that and partially because Jada's stories are just very off-putting very unsettling um, and she may not necessarily want to deal with them and this leads to guilt further on in the story when she agrees to continue reviewing Jada's case um, and it ultimately does not work out and yeah so that's kind of what's going on with Krentz in that scene and then Jada this is kind of a betrayal moment for her um, because the entire interaction they have during this session is Jada trying to tell this story trying to be vulnerable to open up even though she's aware that it's going to sound insane, unrealistic, um, and she is going to be essentially shrinked in a way. Um, I don't know if there's a professional terminology for uh, <laughs> yeah, someone explaining that, um, but she forces herself to tell Dr. Krenz, and then Dr. Krenz essentially says, I can't help you. And that causes Jada a lot of anxiety because she's worried that if Krentz can't help her, no one can and she does not want to keep having to tell this story um, to anyone else. She doesn't want to have to go through that process of opening up to another person and at the risk of sounding insane. Um, so so there is an element of, of that sort of being let down within this scene on Jada's end because she went through all of that to tell Krentz. And then, got shut down. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I this moment too, just like reading through it, it's like like you were saying. I feel like it's incredibly heartbreaking to watch, almost, or even like I guess just read it. I don't even know why I said watch, but like you can visualize it, because Jada's just really like trying to ask for help, and like someone who's also very professional is like, I don't know how to help you. (laughs) So yeah, I agree with all that. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, I hope it helps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cool. So yeah, that was all my questions. So thank you so much. I appreciate all of it.